the risen, resurrected Jesus is sitting on the side of the Mount of Olives, looking back over the city of Jerusalem, surrounded by his closest friends, the disciples of his own choosing. It has been 40 days since the resurrection. Since then, and always seemingly when they least expect it, he has been appearing to his friends with words of teaching, clarification, and frankly, it would seem, simply to be with them. Indeed, it cannot be stated enough or ever too often. Jesus loved his friends with everything he had, everything he was. So here he is, eating a meal on the edge of the Mount of Olives. His friends fanned out around him. The midday sun is bright, almost straight overhead. There are darkish clouds in the west, but above them and to the east, there are great, big, fluffy, bright white cumulus clouds moving slowly along. The city below them is murmuring with its normal daytime activity. A gentle breeze is blowing through the branches of the olive trees above. The look on Jesus' face shows he's thinking of something. What is Jesus thinking about? Perhaps of the endless ages that existed outside of the existence of what we call time, when the only inhabitants of being, doing, existing, were the Father God, this Son, known as the Word, and their shared spirit, the Holy Spirit. Perhaps Jesus is thinking of the moment, which is a meaningless expression outside of the strictures of a sequential linear time, minutes, moments, etc. But perhaps he is thinking of that moment when he and the Father and the Spirit all turned to each other from within each other and said, let us begin. And of the sheer glorious delight at getting to be the mouthpiece, the spoken word, the volitional God-will himself who said, let there be all things. Perhaps he's thinking of the sensation of the creative instinct occurring to the unified mind of God and then being spoken, being. Light, day, night, sky, land, seas, plants, trees, flowers, sun, moon, stars, cosmos, uh, animals of the air, of the seas, of the land, and then crowning it all, the image of himself, people. Jesus smiles to himself and looks around. He looks at the 11 remaining originals, sitting and looking back over the city, eating their lunch like he is. Peter, always with crumbs of something caught in his beard. Matthew and the zealot, as usual, having some sort of an argument. James and Andrew talking contentedly to one another. And John, as always, watching him, seeing what he does. Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, the creator of everything, every part of the whole creation, knows that the time is nearly upon him. 
He sets down the loaf he'd been eating. He smiles at his friends. Remember, he says, you are to stay right here in Jerusalem. Wait for what the Father has promised to give you. Do not do a thing till the Spirit comes. Remember my cousin John? How he gathered the people and baptized them in the Jordan? That was nothing compared to this. In just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, my Spirit. The disciples are suddenly paying complete attention. So, Lord, they ask, are you about to have yourself crowned king? Jesus laughs. He he laughs the laugh of a one who predates everything around himself, all the people, all their ideas, all their concepts of what matters and what doesn't. (laughs) He laughs the wonderful laugh of the creator God. Oh, my friends, he says, it's not for you to know the times and dates that have been set by my father's authority, but here's what you should know. The Holy Spirit is coming. And when he comes, he will make you firsthand witnesses of me in Jerusalem, in Judea, unto Samaria, and then to the farthest corners of the earth. And that said, and with the same smile of laughter still hanging upon his lips, Jesus suddenly, right then, begins rising from the soil of the Mount of Olives. He is lifted upward. He he physically ascends unto the skies. His friends are scrambling to their feet, craning their necks, watching him with every ounce of their being as he continues lofting toward the high, bright white clouds. His eyes never leave theirs until he passes through the underbelly of one of those great cumuli. For the next few episodes, we'll be considering both the experience of and the ramifications of this wondrous, frankly, not considered enough reality of Jesus, the ascension. We'll come time and again to him just in the moments before, and then we'll go with him there as he returns unto the throne room. What does this act mean for him? And what does it mean for us as we're learning to follow him? For let's be reminded of who he was, who he is. In fact, let's, let's listen to Paul. Now, Christ is the visible expression of the invisible God. He existed before creation began, for it was through him that everything was made, whether spiritual or material, seen or unseen. Through him and for him also were created power and dominion, ownership and authority. In fact, every single thing was created through and for him. He is both the first principle and the upholding principle of the whole scheme of creation. 
And now he is the head of the body, which is the church. Life from nothing began through him, and life from the dead began through him. And he is therefore justly called the Lord of all. It was in him that the full nature of God chose to live. And through him, God planned to reconcile in his own person, as it were, everything on earth and everything in heaven by virtue of the sacrifice of the cross. If you want to go back and reread, that's from Colossians 1. So according to Paul, Jesus returns to heaven. How? Well, Jesus returns to heaven as the God who'd been unknown or invisible, now known because he made himself visible. Jesus returns to heaven to be reunited with his ageless self, the Father, the Holy Spirit. He will retake his place on their shared throne. Jesus returns to heaven, the creator of everything, the receiver of the creation, and now the redeemer of all that had always been his. Jesus returns to heaven as the word, as the will of God incarnate, and the one who held and then holds all things together. Jesus returns to heaven as the only head of the body, which is his church. Jesus returns to heaven as our alive and living life. Jesus returns to heaven as the God we may actually know. Jesus returns to heaven, our perfect reconciler, our reconciliation himself. Friends, I wonder what would happen if just for a moment or let's even get a little wild here, a series of moments. What if every follower of Jesus took to heart what the ascension means? That the creator God, having created, loved, saved, set free, and invited back in all his creation now, simply awaits our happy yes. That the one who knew and loved us outside the boundaries of time now, presently, right now, waits upon his throne for our full attention. My friends, doesn't this raise the stakes of what it means to be alive? And to be alive in him? Thanks for listening.